This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay, good evening, everyone. Welcome. There are still people coming in, but I'll take a moment, uh, right now, to uh, introduce, introduce uh, Rav Lopiansky Shlita, who has just joined us. Uh, we thank him very much for joining us. Uh, so I actually uh, have only had one opportunity to meet Rav Lopiansky in, uh, in person, and that was yesterday in the uh, Yeshiva University-based Medrash after Shachars, and that was a big uh, thrill and a big pleasure. And the Baruch Hashem, after, I guess now, a year and a half of seeking his advice, specifically about Asiqa seminars, he was there from the inception, um, and he's been a helpful guiding force and a supporting force and a resource for the uh, program throughout. So finally, get to meet him was a big success for me. And being able to put together this uh, program together with Hana and her Vad in Silver Spring. So that was really, really a special uh, opportunity. We, uh, we're going to say in the Haggadah, when we have the Haggadah on Leil uh, Pesach coming up soon, we're going to talk about how we have to all partake in the mitzvah of Nivonim. Everyone was a genius, even if we were all Zakanim, even if we knew Kola Terakula, there would still be a mitzvah we'd all have to partake in. We'd all have to do the mitzvah of Sipar Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, telling the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And the Haggadah continues and says, The more and more a person tells the story, the more you elongate it, the more you go into detail and depth of telling the story of Sipar Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And the words sound powerful, but really they're somewhat cryptic. Because Harei Zet Meshubach, it's not clear who the Zet is going on. What is the Zet referring to? Harei Zet Meshubach, is that referring to the fact that if a person spends so much time talking about Yitzhak and Sraim, they are clearly someone who is Meshubach, they are clearly someone who is praiseworthy, and therefore uh, it's a good thing to do? Or no, the, uh, the truth is that what's happening here is that the more a person tells about Yitzhak and Sraim, Harei Zet Meshubach, he becomes more Meshubach, he becomes greater, he becomes more praiseworthy. His level is raised through telling the story. It's a Hakira of Lobyansky that the Chaznish maybe wouldn't have been happy with, he would, but uh, it's a Hakira nonetheless, and the Sfas Emes makes this Hakira. He wants to understand the depth of this statement, and he says it's clearly the latter. When a person tells the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim over and over again, in depth and in detail with their family, with their friends, and they have an audience, and they go into the questions and the answers, and they're marbe p'sip or Yitzhak Mitzrayim, we become more meshubach, we become more wholesome, we become more praiseworthy, our level is raised to a much, much, much higher darga than it was before. And the way the Sfas Emes works in general is that you can't just read one piece. You have to read a bunch of his pieces, a bunch of the years where he repeats the Dvar Torah over and over again, and you can glean little snippets and see what he was really referring to. And if you go a few years later, the Sfas Emes says that what's the Shebach? What is the praise that a person is going to gain through talking about Sibiris and Sraim more and more, through elongating the story and elaborating on all the details? So he says it's a pasuk. The pasuk is leman tisaper. A pasuk in parshas bo leman tisaper ba'azne vincha. You should tell the story to the ears of your children and your grandchildren. And the pasuk ends if you do so, if you engage in sibur yitzis and sraim properly, adequately, then viadatem ki ani Hashem. You will ultimately know that I am a kaddish baruch who says this fasemis. If we engage in sibur yitzis and sraim in the proper way, we will enhance our yedias Hashem. We will become closer to a kaddish baruch Hu, to our understanding, our knowledge of God, His existence his providence, his place in our lives. And it's harei zem meshubach. A person can become more meshubach, more praiseworthy, closer to a Kaddish Baruch Hu and understanding Kaddish Baruch Hu through Tzipor Yitzhiyas Nisrayim. 
we live in a generation where people talk for a long time and don't really say all that much. And uh, we have a rare, rare zechus and honor to hear from someone tonight who doesn't talk enough. We, we don't hear enough from him. But so much over the last few years, every time a person listens to Rablopiansky, it's closer and closer to the Adatem Kiani Hashem. Everything he says is so token filled. It's so content oriented. It's so in depth. It's so thoughtful and thought provoking. And it's clearly a Kolhamar Baharezim Meshubach. It's not like the people in our door who talk and talk and talk and don't get us anywhere, but rather Kolhamar Baharezim Meshubach. The more we hear from Lopiansky, the more we're going to be Meshubach, the more we're going to gain. And so with that uh, introduction, we're excited, thrilled. It's a big honor and zuchus to hear Rav Lopiansky's Divrei Torah, Divrei Ashkafa, and B'siyad uh, Deshmai. We hope it takes us to higher and higher levels of Harezim Meshubach. Thank you again, Rabbi. And you can now unmute. Um, okay. So uh, good evening. I'm I'm in awe of uh, people who have the time now to be able to sit and listen to a share and the presence of mind. Um, it was a pleasure to meet uh, Rabbi Steinmetz. I also was looking forward, and uh, it was a pleasant surprise to me. So I wanted to look a little bit at the morale's uh, explanations about Manishtana and so on. These are the sheets that I gave out. I'm going to try to read a little bit and explain because the morale writes really, really um, not easy to understand. You need a lot of thought. But the things he says are really, really very fundamental. So let's I, I, let's start with just an, a general introduction. There are a lot of mitzvahs in the Torah where reading, reading, I mean, reading out loud, um, is the mitzvah. So Kriyashma. There's a chiv to read Kriyashma, and, and a person has to read it twice a day. Um, there are all sorts of parishes, Bikurim, and so on. And if you stick to the Nusat that says, it's fine. They, they, all of them are proclamations of some sort. Now, on Sipitias Mitzrayim, there is a condition that you must do it Derech Shaila and Tshuva. It has to be done specifically Shail and Shuva, and that's one. The 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 um, the, the type of Shail and Shuva is Manishtana. It could be variations of it. Also, it says Rigamlil, uh, the famous passage Rigamlil that we say towards the end of the first part of Agada, If you don't say these three things. So people make a mistake about it. They think you have to recite that exact formula. It's really matzazol shema, morazol shema. The 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 uh, it's it, it's giving over the question about the specific items. So it's similar to manishtan in that way, and it's very possible that one replaces the other. It's not clear that they don't. But the point is two elements. There's some sort of reference to one of the physical mitzvahs. And secondly, it is done through question and answer. So the morale is going to explain it. So this is on page Sadiq Dalet, on the, I, I assume it's the first page, on the left-hand column, the bottom paragraph. 
Why this unusual um, setup? This, it, there's nothing like it in any other type of Korea, Amira, Sipa, etc. So he says the following point. Knowledge is acquired from that which is tangible to that which is conceptual. And mitzvahs are like a ladder to go to Yedia Shlemus. So let's discuss the point that he's making here um, because it's really fundamental to so much of Torah. We, um, when we say that we know something, so the first, the first level of knowing something is experiencing. Let's say a child touches a hot um, a, a pan on the fire. So the child saw the pan and, and, and a fire underneath it. He touches it and there's pain and, he, and there's an association of one with the other. That is step one. That's a physical experience and the mind registers it as such. That's the first part of, 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 of knowledge. That's not different than an animal. An animal has physical experiences and it um, something gets registered. Uh, we, we, we train uh, animals by physical pain and pleasure. That's, that's the basic training of an animal. You, 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 you punish it if it disobeys, you give it a reward if it obeys, and that's Pavlov's dog. And that's, that's, that level of knowledge is physical, acquired physical sensations. A person who has Seichel and Das will sit back and ponder the meaning of heat. Why is it that all things that have fire produce that sensation? What about the sun, which there is no fire, but it still produced that sensation? What about um, something else? And so on. And the person slowly begins to build a, a, a sort of a model in his mind of what heat might be, of what pain reaction might be, and so on. So we have two levels that um, lead us to knowledge. There is physical experience, and then there is some sort of mental conceptualization. Now, with we, everyone understands it's possible to have the first without the second, and that leaves you at the level of an animal. You went through the experiences, it will have an effect on you, but a very specific effect. You will have a hard time extrapolating from the pot on the fire to some other form of heat, which is not a fire, till you learn that specific form of heat. But what about the flip side? When a person sits back and he um, tries to imagine 
what effect magnetism has on a person. We can talk a lot. We can uh, use the Yiddish word dre a cup a lot. And we could say even things that might be true, but it's very, very different that type of knowledge than the first type of knowledge. Because we can't, um, we've never had a physical experience of it. So it's like, it's in the, up in the air. Um, we don't ever really feel it to be real. It's like in, in when I was growing up, physics was all about things that were very, very tangible. Wheels turned, pulleys pulled, and, and levers and lifted. And these were real experiences. You could, minimally, you could see a picture of it. You could have a little, little one of them in, in, the, in your classroom, and you were able to understand it. And that type of knowledge, we feel very, very secure about. It, it, it has a real place in, in our minds, and it's solid and it's fact. Contemporary physics that deals with, obviously, a whole different realm is talks about things, but we certainly feel that they must know what they're talking about, and we can take a test on it and pass it and so on, but we don't really, really take it as being something that exists. We kind of say they probably know what they're talking about. They've done many experiments that prove it, but no one has ever personally experienced any of the phenomenon that, that they're talking about. So that type of knowledge is not really a settled knowledge. It's, it's, it, it doesn't have the same solidity as the first one. So the morale says, the word yidiyah, the word yidiyah v'yidatem k'ani Hashem, is not, the word knowledge as translated from Hebrew is, translating the word das into knowledge is a bad translation. It's a poor translation. The the, um, the 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 real word of um, it, it, the real understanding of yidia means the type of knowledge like the that like the case that we spoke about where you felt the fire burning and then you understood what it is. It's a knowledge that's in the gut, not somewhere up in 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 a cloud in the brain. So. Yediyah can only be min hamurgash ala muskal, from that which is experienced, murgash means experienced, to muskal, to that which is understood, conceptualized. And this is an extremely fundamental aspect of Yiddishkeit. You have many, many shitas, such as the Rambam is in, in, in many different places, Maranavuchim and so on, where he constantly emphasizes that the Torah and the mitzvahs are there to teach us greater truths. Okay, that's fair enough. But somebody could be an Eibachachim and say, I am a world-class philosopher. And yes, some poor guy who doesn't know anything needs a piece of matzah. To, to remind him that there was Mitzrayim, it says, I know it, I know it all, I know all the Medrash and Chazal, I don't need to eat the matzah, I don't need to do mitzvahs. The answer is, that person will never have yidiyah in the world of truth. A, a, a person who, for instance, 
never had to feed a poor person. He does not know what chesed is. He could write beautiful, beautiful essays about it and, 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 and heart-moving poetry. But if he's never felt, he's never felt need, giving, giving of, of yourself and things of that nature, if he's never experienced it, then he just does not know it. He does not have the Dagobi idea. The strongest knowledge of a person is husband or wife. For Adam Yoda is Chava, it's because the physical connection is creates the possibility of having um, that type of understanding of the other person. So the world of mitzvahs are the only vehicle to bring out the ruchniyistic experiences in a person. Now, if a person stops at the physical with a minimal amount of kavana, and the person has had, you know, he 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 has the basic kavana towards the person has something. The more the person uses his physical experience to understand and to know and so on, then the person is is attaining is achieving much more of what the mitzvah means. But a minimal level of experience um, gives them a minimal level of knowledge, understanding. The minute we circumvent the physical experience, then what we have is fluff, not yidia. Yidia is something which sits in our gut, not wandering around and floats around in the brain. So the world of mitzvahs in general, and this is where we um, diverge sharply from our, the Western uh, world's kind of, you know, they, they pay very little attention to the quote-unquote ceremonies and details and so on. To us, that's critical. This is true also in, in the Kabbalistic parts. Any, any type of content in a mitzvah happens only when we have the physical experience. This is one of the things that the Nefshachayim speaks about when he was arguing with Hasidim, who sometimes cut a corner or two on the specific halachas to achieve a greater kavana and so on. And his point is the physical mitzvah you cannot compromise on. It certainly is, is, is much more preferable if we give it meaning and understanding. But you, it, you can't, there's no way to detour around the actual act. That's, that's one, that's a very important point that Maral is making. Therefore, the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which is really the, the, the goal of what we're doing tonight, is to relive it, must start with a mitzvah, and we must connect the, the, the stories, the understandings, the, the, everything that we're getting, we have to connect it to the Maisa mitzvah, to the physical act. And that's why Manishtana is a bridge. It means that the physical activities that we've done tonight have evoked in us the, 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 the question of what it's about. And when 
we give over the meaning and understanding of it, it's an extension of a physical experience. And that's what, so that's what he says. That we start with Manishtana because Manishtana is the exact expression of that. It's telling us that the physical, uh, what, what is this Mats about? What is this Mur about? What is this Asaba about? Then the understanding connects to it. It's true, and that's exactly what Rav Gamliel meant. Rav Gamliel meant, if you speak about the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim all night long, it, those are words. If you, um, if you connect it, and you say, that connects it. So both those points are, are connections. That's one point that he is um, talking about the morale. And then he continues with a second halacha in the, in the, in the Seder Dagada, which also is something that is a requirement and you cannot fulfill the mitzvah without it. And that is, I don't know, I shouldn't say it that you can't fulfill the mitzvah without it. It's not the right way of saying it. But Chazal created a very specific structure of how to give it. We must start with speaking about the difficulties and about the, the, our state of, of, of uh, how, how low we were um how how um down we were and f- progress from that so when when um our child asks us or we ask ourselves why are we doing these mitzvahs we can't start saying who did great wonderful miracles we have to start from the difficult point so he's going to explain this the gemara says you must start with gnus and you finish with shvach. Vadorish Marami over Avi at Chigma Kalapasha Kula. Ukama big Gemara, my bignus. So there's a machlokas in the Gemara. What exactly does it mean? What specifically do we refer to Mask Bignus? Rav says Mitchilo of the Avarazara. And we actually do both. We do Mitchilo of the Avarazara Seinu. That's one. And then he says, Vishmuel Avarmino the Paro. So he's going to explain, first of all, why is this structure of the Haggadah um, to start with Knus and go to Shvach, and then he'll later speak about the Machlokz Ar Mishmuel. Upirish, ki ein royo lahaskel b'shvach miyad b'blishe sabitol z'agnus. It's not appropriate that um, we start with immediately with the Shvach. So he's going to give two reasons here. There are other, there's another reason he gives in a different safer. We'll try to discuss the different reasons. Um, he says, we would think that it is a mikra. We would think it happened to be that way. Um, we would not understand it to be a special There are two types of agents that cause something to happen. One is an event that happens at random. And he gives a simple example. Paul Bemikra means I was in a house and there's a fire there 
and then it starts raining, the fire goes out. And the second case is that, so over there, there's no cause and effect. They, 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 did, they were connected, but there was no cause and effect. The second case is where somebody comes and puts out the fire. So without the Gnus, we could have thought that the Geula comes the Mikra. And therefore we start with the Gnus. So um, I, I want to try a little bit to, to, to explain a drop more why this is true and, and, and so on. We, our bodies are conditioned. Baruch Hu made us that we don't feel ongoing situations um, or, or we don't feel them much because we need to survive. So for instance, if a person is sitting in a room that's uncomfortably hot, so people can sit through it and somewhere along the, they're uncomfortable, but it, 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 it's not as noticeable as when a person was comfortable and then became uncomfortably hot or vice versa. A person was warm and it becomes uncomfortably cold. Our body and our senses are made in a way that they pick up change. Anything which is continuous doesn't get picked up. So for instance, if a person, it's, it sounds perverse, but, but it is, a person is born wealthy, never had a day's worry in his life, and everything was perfect from the day, financially, from the day he was born till the day he was nifta. A second person suffered through a lot of poverty. And at some point, he was given whatever he needs, and, 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 and lifted out of his poverty. So if we were to ask ourselves kind of, you know, a, in a very, very abstract way, which one of them should be Meshabecha Kodesh more, you'd say the first one. The first one never suffered a day. Everything was perfect. So from day one, so he should have, all, every single day he should be saying like, like a five-minute Modimanachnu because how much was a Kodesh We all know that it'll be the second one that will have a much, much stronger sense of gratitude. Why? Because any situation that's steady, we don't take note of it. It makes some impression on us. And if somebody will ask us, why do you think that you're wealthy and comfortable? You know, so we'll say something from, from about Akash Baruch Hu, but but. In, in in our gut, we kind of feel, yeah, because that's what it is. It, that's the norm. That's what it is. That's what I am. The person who is changed from one to the other feels it. So when he says that it, it's a mikra, he, I don't think he means that it's a logical mikra. A person says, who says, you know, that if a Kachbar who did something good, that it, if, if it would have been a nace, like, like it just was, would we have would we have intellectually ascribed it to um, a mikra? I doubt it. But what would have happened is emotionally, we would say, yeah, that's the way it is. Of course, it's all Akadosh Baruch Hu, it's all Baruch Hu, but that's the way it is. The person who perceives the change 
feels it. And he under, he feels the Yad Hashem. He feels HaKadosh Baruch Hu doing it for him. It's the same way if a doctor gives us um, if a doctor gives us an injection, uh, a vaccination, and we don't become ill, um, how much gratitude do we feel? I don't know. If somebody, if we are ill and the doctor pulls us out of the disease, we're, we're, we're overwhelmed with gratitude. It, 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 and, and, and why isn't the first person, I never even got sick because of, of, of the person's uh, vaccination. The answer is because that which is ongoing does not get noticed. That which is a change, that's when I sense the person saving my life. It's when I sense HaKadosh Baruch Hu being benevolent to me. So the change is what generates that it's not mikra. So I don't think it means so much an intellectual mikra as much as a, uh, an emotional mikra. So when we start the story of Mitzrayim, we have to start with how down we were. We have to start with the the um, the 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 uh, sipur of, and I'll, I'll explain later, either how how oppressed we were physically, or how depraved we were morally. We were over the avodah zara. We have to understand we didn't come from any place better than these people. Terach was over avodah zara, and so on. And where we are today is remarkably different than we ever say in the That's one point he makes. The second point, this is on page 35 in the left-hand column. If you look at the Briyas HaOlam, Briyas HaOlam is an evolutionary process. The world wasn't created perfect. It is perfecting itself. So Vahi Erevaivoka means the world started in darkness and light came next. It, the world was created imperfect, waiting to perfect itself. The world could not have been created perfect because then there's no point in creating the world. The world that was created gave opportunities for perfection, but did not, it, it wasn't perfect. So all perfection comes in the process. And when a being achieves some sort of shlemus, that could never have been at the beginning. Because perfection is the end madrega. That's not how we were meant to be created. So anything that's a, any state that's a true achievement or accomplishment has to be the end of a process, not the beginning of a process. This is, this is exactly what this world is about. It does not start at its best. 
it starts on a low point and is meant to get to a, a high point. Now, um, and, he, and he says, this is why it says the world was 2,000 years tohu, and then Avram came along and lifted it out and so on. So, and th- this is an extraordinary process. I think everyone who's a grown-up looks back at the years that he was a teenager and a child, and you feel a, a little bit embarrassed. I'm sure everyone has what to be embarrassed about when they were teenagers and children. But more than that, we say, if only, you know, I messed it up, or, you know, had, had my parents or my teachers done differently, I would have been good from the, you know, from from the from the get go, um, I, I, you know I I missed out because I, I you know I messed up when I was younger. I would have been much bigger, better, etc., etc., etc. Not well, you know, it could be truth, but but in general, that's not true. Akharish Baruch Hu created a world that went from Erev to Volker. It's the the perfection of the world is not that it's created perfect, but it's created a world that can perfect itself is created and the world perfects itself. That means by definition, it has to start far from perfect. It's always um, when people speak of, let's say, Shana Rishona as being the most amazing, wonderful year. Yes, there's something very nice about it, but anyone who's Bardas understands that it's a process building a connection with a person is a lifetime project. And, it, you know, and, and there should be a constant um, betterment of, 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 the, of the union. That's the way it's made. So when we're looking at things, so if the Tzir's if, if the was an event, so then it, it wouldn't need this characteristic. But Yetzirah's Mitzrayim is an event as fundamental in the world as Bria Sa'olam. It's the start of the Jewish people. If, if, the, if, if, if being Kalal Yisrael is a certain spiritual achievement, then it must have started someplace with Knus. Because if not, then that's natural to us. It's not any special perfection. To, that if, if if we see if we see something as being a, a, an achievement, it has to have been preceded by a, uh, by a, a context where we're devoid of the achievement. So let's review the points. These are these are some incredibly important points that he's making over here. Each and every one of them is is really really very fundamental to understanding a. A lot about the Seder and also about Tyre and Claudius. The first point is so, so our basic, um, if, if our, our, our center point of Sipitzes Mitzrayim is Shaila of Manishtana and the beginning of either Vadimir of Far Mitzrayim or Mitchila Basena of the Zara. And I don't think we'll have time to get to it, but he later explains. The question is which is which is more important to emphasize the physical um, the, 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 the spare of Israel 
or the or the moral de- degeneration. That that's the, the machlokas. But both of them, everyone admits that's the way you're supposed to do it. So the first thing the moral says is th- th- this is something, the, the, the basic story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim is something that needs to be experienced, not as a philosophical um, kind of discussion, as smart as that might be, and as knowledgeable, and so on. That's not real idea. Real idea comes from physical experience. I want to add a point. Um, Pesach today is easier than it was when I was growing up. It's still quite difficult unless you can afford to just kind of um, drop a check and go off someplace. But if a person makes Pesach, it's very, very, it's difficult. A lot of hard work, a lot of uh, stress, a lot of strain. But down deep, the, the physical experiences that go into it contribute to our attachment to it. The thing, the things that we, if it, the the things that we don't experience physically, when you walk into a hotel and you hear a nice cousin singing Manishtan, it's very beautiful halachli yotze, but the the level of physical experience is different. Um, the, 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 because a mother has so much a closer physical experience with the child, carrying the child, giving birth to the child, nursing a child, and so on, the depth of the connection is by far beyond something a father can achieve because it, it comes off a, a, an intense type of physical experience that a father has no clue about. When a person is almost a mitzvah, the, the, the the Sfaramaktoshim, the Kabbalists speak a lot about the Zayash of Mitzvah, the sweat of a Mitzvah, baking the matzahs, looking for chametz, scrubbing, rubbing, kashring, and schlepping, everything goes into it. So they speak kind of from a Kabbalah type of thing, but I, I believe we can understand it this way that the, what becomes part and parcel of our real Yidiyah. Is, is when physical experience has taken on meaning. That's one. The second point he speaks about is that the structure of the answer to that Manishtana is a structure of maschilim b'gnus or m'sayim b'shvach. We, we um, need to start with gnus and finish with shvach. So he says it that the, the, the words that he uses is because you can attribute it to coincidence, just normal event, um, but when you see a radical change, you attribute it to a poel, someone who's doing it. I, I would like a little bit to change that and talk about it, not so much as a logical conclusion, but as an emotional conclusion. Our, our senses are are, are hardwired to notice change. So no matter how good a situation is, if it's continuous and I never had a taste of something different, then I don't really sense it fully. This, this, this experience that we would have of feeling how good it is, is only if it was difficult. So, and I, I don't. It doesn't have to be that intellectually he writes out this coincidence. 
But emotionally, we certainly feel that way. Finally, so therefore, we we have to juxtapose the 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 where we were holding, both physically and and spiritually, and the change that happened for us to really appreciate that change. Secondly, the um, he has a, a, a another point that this world is not the Akash did not create a perfect world. He created a world that can perfect itself. And, and, and then in a certain sense, that is a perfect world. The, 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 if, the, if the job of the world is to give people a sense that they have done something, then the world can never start perfected. So we cannot point if, if, if whatever we possess, so for instance, every human being possesses certain characteristics, he has seichel, he has bechir, and so on. We, 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 don't act, we don't praise that as a mila the way we do Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Yitzhiyas means Kalah went through, started as a, in a phase of a very, very low-level existence and segued into and, and, and developed into Kalah That's a sign that being Kalah is a perfection. It's a mila. Because it it started with and not having it, an absence of it, and it grew into it. That's what it is. This is something I guess which we can reflect on in so many other things um, all year round. You know, every one of us has things that they're lacking, and it's frustrating. And we know that it's far from perfect. Whatever it is, persons. Some people it's their understanding. Some people it's their middle. Some people it's the, the 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 tools they have. It makes no difference. Everybody in some areas is is, is lacking, and we feel that quote unquote we're being cheated because if we would have it, we could achieve a lot more. The answer is no. Whatever Kaddish Baruch who gave us that's lacking, that's where our achievement is going to be. The brilliant person who did well in his learning. It's nice, it's good, he could have not learned, but the person who sweated really hard and broke through and really gained knowledge and understanding, that knowledge and understanding is is is, is like is what he calls that it's it's a myla, a myla locus. It that's really that's something notable. That's a, a certain perfection. So um it, it, the the night of 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 Yetzias Mitzrayim is an incredible night. It's a night when we combine our experiences and 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 turn experiences into understandings. It's a time when we sense the transition between the 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 negative to the positive, and that gives us a real sense of 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 it having it. And it's a time also to reflect that whatever whatever difficulties we have and whatever were shortcomings and lackings, but that means that this is where achievement will come. The places that were, the, the areas of life that were handed to us on a silver platter are nice, they're not our achievements. And I can't call that a, a myla loikis. Those places where we started 
with a um, with a lack and a choshech. That's where the 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 the, the sun rising in the morning brings brings something new, brings light to the world, brings light to our lives, and it becomes and becomes very meaningful. We should be to some of the extraordinary wealth that comes in Lali uh, Sismitraim and the hardships, the difficulties, everything getting there is part and parcel of what makes it um, unique. We would not, ha- had it not been so difficult, we wouldn't, ha- we wouldn't get out of it what we do get out of it. We should be zeichet to appreciate everything we get and be zeichet to get a lot out of it. Thank you so much. I just want to close out with a word of thanks to you, Rabbi Aaron Lebiansky. Thank you for sharing your time and for sharing your Torah and not only in the end with Silver Spring, but for believing in this year, godless of the women of Claudia Israel for being so thirsty for learning and for meaning that so many of us came out to learn even on a night like this. Um, which is the essence of what Asikha is trying to provide and to enable. So if anyone has any comments or feedback for us, please let us know. Thank you again so much, Rabbi Lebiansky, and to everyone for coming.